0: okay this is small talk podcast my name is Ayers and uh I've got three guests two of whom uh are hoops can you girls introduce yourselves
1: hey I'm Nina Las Vegas and I'm Anna Luno
0: you both have like a lot of radio experience in Australia uh here it's like really hard to get on the radio you know, like if you're on real radio, like FM radio, you're Funkmaster Flex or, you know, you are Howard Stern. Like, is it is it the same at home?
1: There's, there's not that many, like, avenues to go on radio in terms of if you want a paid job. Community, you can always volunteer. You can do courses. And if you stay there and if you contribute and if you, um, I don't know, come up with an idea or if you're naturally talented or um, – just good at presenting they they will put you on air on community radio um my workplace triple j i was very lucky to get hired um on one show because i was there and then the second one was a call out like an application as well which is pretty hard too as well but yeah in terms of there's not that many stations
2: no there's only like one national youth orientated like cool station which is triple j yeah and then there's like commercial like two or three commercial stations that run nationally and then there's a heap of there's
1: networks like like they are here so i guess i presume some of the top 40 channels are owned by different networks right
0: yeah clear channel yeah so everything
1: so in australia they save money and they have one team or one like bunch of people on the same um fm commercial station all over australia so although there may seem like there's a lot of slots um, yeah. it's not really
0: so it is hard to get
1: yeah like any creative job so I you
0: guess. guys are a pretty big deal then
1: oh we're the biggest deal in the world <laughs> good good because <laughs> I, I need all the help i can get
0: here Australia's like, nobody Radio listens to this. Elite. If you could tell your listeners back in australia to, to listen to, to this podcast that'd be great because uh, that, that would be 100% more <laughs> than what's going on now. Uh, can you tell people about uh, Hoops and how it started?
2: Yeah, Anna? Hoops is... Uh, well, Hoops started out as Nina and Ezzy originally. they For like on, one night. For one night. Yeah. Originally, <laughs> back in the day, one day. Um, <laughs> they did... Yeah, sure. We're getting Budweiser's. Thank you, Ian. Um yeah, so, so American. Very American. They're like covered in the flag.
0: Yeah.
1: I would not drink a beer with the Australian <laughs> flag all over it. Oh, that's hilarious. That is very funny. As soon as I said that, Ez gets a Foster's with the Australian Southern Cross. Oh,
2: that's so cringy. That <laughs> was sick. Um, so basically, it started out as Nina and Ezzy doing a hip-hop party. And that night... I was in Perth yeah. on a gig and you guys called me. I was getting on a plane at about five in the morning and I get this call from Nina and Ezzie and they're like, Anna, we did it. We threw this party and it was awesome and fifties and yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we just had a massive night. They just had a massive night and had the best time and called me and said it was great. And
1: Cause at that time there, although there's been, you know, waves of female DJs coming through, there hadn't been for a good like well, since just the early 90s scene. or 90 you know
2: just no one we knew like there was older girl DJs doing their thing but none of our friends and no nah. one that was you know in our in our realm yeah so they weren't through, and they certainly weren't throwing parties and you know
1: yeah and so it started as like a girl's promotional like tool I guess so you'd have girls booking girls who play rough. like rough music in a sense like we were playing like mm. like not rough but you know just hip-hop and um party jams and stuff like that and then anna then um then people started knowing really quickly that we were doing it and we got booked for some fashion party Mm -hmm. as three of us but at that point anna was still not quite hoops we didn't think hoops was an entity it was just a party name and then someone saw us and booked us as
2: booked us as hoops so a promoter (laughs) A promoter made hoops. Actually, made it's us. not even a promoter. It was like a, an Australian bikini model <laughs> who saw us play. She's like a. If, she's actually one of my profile photos on Facebook. We actually ended up getting her to play at hoops, <laughs> and that's another story. Annalise Brackenseek Google her. Annalise Brackenseek But Google her. She was like a massive bikini, really famous Australian bikini model in like the late '90s, early 2000s. And yeah, we had a DJ at hoops she's in like 2008. She's like an intense vegan now. She's yeah. like she cooks food. She cooks vegan food for. for she people. delivers
1: it. She's pretty amazing. Anyway, she just said like, I want hoops. And then the next minute we had um, the next minute we were, had a festival slot. It was crazy. It was so good. Here, shuffle over. Pooja's here.
0: Hi. <laughs> uh, I've got a third guest, and do I call you Pooja or Senari?: No, Pooja. Pooja. Yeah. Okay. No come, come get a microphone.
3: Hi. Hi. I saw you guys last
1: night, but there was fog. It was so smoky. Yeah. We played a party last night. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Sorry, I'm so wet. We all are, babe. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's, a, it's a rainy day <laughs> in New York City.
2: <laughs> rainy uh, all day.
0: So uh, usually I don't start out with music, <laughs> but I wanted to, to play a little music for you guys to kind of get things going. <laughs> <coughs> So do you know this song? Yeah, it's Australian. let sing ever. it. Can you sing it? Nature's
2: gift of beauty, rich and rare. In history's page, let every stage advance Australia fair. In joyful strains and let us sing, advance. Austria.
1: But I was trying to think of Oh, no one knows the second verse Oh, no one cares okay. There is a
0: second verse, but no one knows so, it So, uh, and then, then here's one, another one
1: uh, uh, the rock in the building.
0: So, uh, I think this is the Indian National Anthem um, Really get on that mic okay. So, Pooja, what is he saying right now? you don't know.
3: Okay, now I
0: know. I know that part, but what is what is he saying in the beginning? Come on.
3: No, I seriously don't know. Why don't you know? Well, I just don't.
0: Well, how I don't do you not know the language. The Indian national anthem. Oh
3: my god. I know Jay-Z's verse. Do you do, do you speak Indian? I, I speak Gujarati.
0: That's not what I was asking. Yeah. Okay, cool. So uh, we're just going to assume...
2: Yeah, no, it's. It's a good song.
0: It's a great song. And I I mean, I I want you to feel at home (laughs) when you're here. Uh, So before you got here, we were talking about Australia. um, And uh, the the first time I went, I met you guys, and. you, uh, you were opening and you guys were battling another crew, uh, and
2: was it peace out?
0: Yeah. Uh, the promoter, he had another, like
1: the, they don't really DJ at all anymore after that party.
2: And they, that's right. And that guy was rapping as well. Ciao. Ciao. <laughs> no,
0: it wasn't. It was Levins in them.
2: Oh, were we going against oh. Rochambeau. Yeah. You were yeah. going against Rochambeau. Okay.
0: Uh, yeah. And it was great because you guys played all the hits, you know, before like about 10.45. We well, you would have played every, so. You know
2: what we were doing? We would have played every hit and you would have hated us. Is that what happened?
0: Yeah. If oh, yeah. Feel. But yeah. you know that, hate
1: sorry, you. that oh, we party and that club was just open. And to this day, Levens reckons they have never made more money on the bar. It was like $37,000 Australian in like 2008, right? 2008.
0: Good Lord. 2007 it it was fucking crazy when I walked in the door and it was like 10.15
1: what can what like what are we gonna say about like it was wild those days were wild that was when we weren't doing anything except DJing like I I wasn't working I just finished uni and I was working two days a
0: week I think
1: in 2007
0: But can you explain for our American listeners what uni is um college okay and then uh, what is a singlet (laughs) A it's singlet. otherwise
2: known as a wife beater, and it's a T-shirt where the sleeves are cut off so you can show your pecs. Oh, no, and your... your What are these ones? Traps? Guns. Guns. Your, guns. your sick rig.
0: And I remember that uh, in Australia, like, cocaine is very expensive. Um, so I was wondering if you guys are going to buy a lot of drugs while you're Definitely. here and then take them home and sell them.
1: Oh, that would yeah. be so easy. And I'm glad that I've put it on a podcast to say that's what I'm gonna do
0: good good yeah I mean if you're looking for somewhere to put them also if you if you put them in your body oh yeah usually they won't find them
1: I've seen other foreign films
0: I wanted to listen to another song now that's cool So Anna, tell me about this one.
2: This is the Cassian remix of um, a song that I did with Touch Sensitive last year called Real Talk. Cassian's like six month long remix, yeah, <laughs> remix. he worked on this for so long. He, would, he honestly probably sent me 15 versions, maybe more. And I just stopped downloading them. He was like, I've got another bounce. I'll send it to you tonight. I'm like, just wait send me a finished copy, but it was really cool. He used it as a real, an experiment, like a a work piece. Like he worked on it and learned a lot about mixing and his own production when he was working on it and it sounded a million times better. But then he kind of got mad at me because he's like, I sent you a copy, that copy that I first sent you was so bad and you didn't tell me. I was like, it was really good Cassian, it's still really good, but he was just... Totally is he in LA computer. now too? No, he just travels here heaps. Okay. Yeah, he's got a good thing going on. He plays heaps of shows. He's really popular. But what the music that he's making, it's really good to travel around.
0: Yeah. Yeah, America. he's great. And this is awesome.
1: Yeah. He was going to move and then he fell in love in
0: Australia. Oh, shit.
2: Yeah, he's got a babe.
0: All right. Mm. Um, Do you... Do you find it's sort of easier to play your own stuff if somebody remixed it than if you did it yourself? Like, you feel more confident with it because it's not, it's not like your ego on the line?
2: Funny thing about that you mentioned this and we're talking about Cassian and Real Talk. So before Cassian did a remix for Real Talk, I actually didn't play Real Talk for about th- like three months after. Well, I had it for months before it came out and I never played it. And then it came out. And started getting so, and it was like one of the first I haven't released a lot of music it was one of the first well like one, like the third or fourth song that I released so I was quite shy about it and Cassian was playing it all the time and I, I was like I can't play it I'm too scared and he was like Luno grab your balls and play it and that's exactly what he said to me he's like just play it, Luno just grab your balls and play it Yeah. so I literally thought I had Cassian's voice in
0: my head the first time I played it and I was like just grab your balls just play it <laughs> And yeah. that's the first time that I played it. Well, it, I mean, and it sounds like the music you play, you know, which helps a whole lot. But it, yeah. but it is sometimes hard when there's so many people who are so good at making music, and like there's there's these the, all the songs that you're sort of emulating in the, in, the, in a style or like a, a production value, or how you want to mix it to sound like this or whatever. And you play those, and they sound great to you mm. in the club, and then you do your. You, like your song next to it At least that's how it is for me I don't know I need to I need to get Cassian To like do some Tell life you. coach work <laughs> Yeah for me.
2: Totally He's a really smart dude He's like very wise For his young years And very very
0: good dude But
1: I, I have a problem When people don't play Their own songs too So I find in Australia as well Maybe in America There's more um, confidence um, Like I mean You may be um, off what I see That travels to Australia But I see people like Canyons not cast, he'll play it, but every now and then, like, Bag Raiders will do a set and will play one of their songs. Right. And, and right. I feel like if you want to cross over and... Not necessarily cross over, but just give listeners that hear your stuff on the radio that, or people that buy your songs something of you, you have to add your own stuff in your set.
0: Yeah, because you're, like, in sort of a unique place to sell it and also to put it in the right context. Totally. So realize and like, be
1: proud of it. And I feel like in Australia it doesn't happen enough. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll see canyons are probably the worst like you'll see an entire canyon oh yeah set they're just terrible they have, oh, no. <laughs> they're, no they're amazing but you'll see a canyon set a dj set not their live stuff and they've got all these amazing remixes and an album full of originals and like tracks that are just like blew my mind when they came out and they wouldn't play any of them and i, I saw them play a big festival and the next that when they came up i was like dude you can play something of yours, you know. Right. I've got to
2: say though, it's like I play. I've been a DJ for a while, and I've been playing a lot of different styles of music for a long time. And I, first and foremost, I just want to play what's going to work. Like,
0: yeah, I, it, absolutely, yeah.
2: There's no fun playing your music to people who don't appreciate it. In fact, it's counterproductive and it makes you feel shitty. So yeah. I will, if I know, if I've turned up to a a gig and I can see that the people are not going to appreciate my music. I kind of unfortunately have to not do it because it upsets you so much when it doesn't work right. that it's it makes you not feel confident about what you do. So although I completely agree with you, Nina, you do need to um, you do need to play your own music. And I will absolutely like I push myself to do it. But when I walk into a situation and I know that it's not that it's they're not gonna like what I do, I, I, I you know you can say to do it, but it's really awful when you clear like when. People don't get it and it it makes you feel shitty. Oh, uh, totally.
1: If they were playing some,
2: like, a boat cruise or something, they could do whatever they want. But
1: some of the instances where I've seen them play an entire festival set or... A few Australian DJs and they don't drop their own stuff. It's like have more confidence. Like people. Are it's confident. kind of the best Set. shit
0: about making edits, though. Is like when you when you're playing your edit, you're like, yeah, this is me, I did this. But also, like, you can totally fucking lean on the fact that like you edited a hit. Yeah. You know?
2: Well, the, this exact thing happened to me two weeks ago in Chicago at EDC. So I was booked for Chicago EDC, but I'm not like I'm not big enough yet to trust that a whole crew of people is gonna come and want to hear my songs. So. I turned up and the DJ before me is playing 135 BPM, the hardest music you could ever imagine, even though he's the opening guy and I'm playing second. Yeah, it sounds and like a festival. Like, yeah. And it's like, I prepared a really, I was really proud of the set that I prepared, which was house orientated, went all over the place, went halftime BP. Like I, it, it was a really adventurous house set, but it was a subtle, like not a banging rave set. Yeah. It was, it was banging like in a techno house, kind of like fusion weird way, but it wasn't, it wasn't Avicii or whatever, or like it wasn't like Hardwell or anything.
3: Meanwhile, those guys are going on tour based off of one song.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like no, no disrespect to what they do. I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, they've got a whole no, thing I mean, going I on. No, <laughs> I went to
3: see them. Right. see Swedish House Mafia. Yeah. Like a month ago.
2: Yeah, and yeah. it just like I had to wuss out. I couldn't play it because it was real, and it really sucked. And up until the second that I played, I was like this on my playlist. So, I was like, do I just fucking get the bullet sorry to swear but do I take the oh, bullet and try and play my music or do I just play what I know they want because I can play that but it was just it was such a dilemma and at the end of the day I played what they wanted and I feel bad about it but I did it and I I dare you to have challenged me to do anything different when you're standing in front of 200 kids in like pleather rave boots and like face paint and like ravers mm-hmm. and you want to play them a house music that they're not going to like then you, you know, there's no fun in clearing a dance floor. It sucks. Well, so I mean, that's, that's what I cents. love
0: about you guys is that um, there's so many people that are like super fucking inflexible with uh, with the music that they play, mm. uh, especially festival DJs. Um, y- you know, like there, there's artists who also only play their own shit. Mm. And like, that's totally boring because you see them a year later where they've only made like two, three more songs, mm. so, you know, in that time. And so you're going to hear pretty much the same set that you heard the last time, uh, so I'm burping a lot because me I'm too. drinking Why <laughs> beer. You me
2: beer and then put me in front of a microphone. I'm like trying to burp all ladylike.
0: We need a, we need a burp mute button
2: <laughs> or we can just embrace it and have yeah. burps all through the podcast.
1: <coughs> <laughs>
2: uh, that Pooja, wasn't me by the way. I want to take credit for it, but it wasn't me.
0: <laughs> um, Pooja, you just uh, had a feature run on Stereo Gum on Disclosure. Uh Uh, and you like got to go see them DJ and then talk to them. Uh, And I'm kind of jealous because I only saw them at South by Southwest, and they did like five of their own songs, and that was it. Uh Um, So what are they like when they DJ?
3: Um, They're not as young as they are in their DJ sets. Uh, They play a lot of techno, and they played like Todd Edwards and MJ Cole, and like Julio Bashmore is kind of their spirit guide. (laughs) Um, (laughs) for sure. And that's kind of really impressive to me. Like you could tell that the people who went to see it was at LeBan, which is the, um, kind of penthouse club at the standard and the set that came to see them expected to hear latch over and over again. Oh, um, but you know, they did what they wanted to do and they killed it.
0: Yeah, Nick Ketchstubs and I were talking about that last night. um, That Latch is like this song that frat boys know, which is so fucking weird because a it's not even really a house song because it has this kind of weird like shuffly but slow fast tempo, Mm. Uh, and it's it's like a soulful like it's pretty much a gay sounding vocal. It's Uh, amazing. It's uh, an amazing song. It's 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 unreal, but it's not the first thing that you think when you think like. What what is gonna be like the crossover EDM song, you know, of the last yeah. six months? It's not like you you couldn't think of anything, you know, further away from like Skrillex or whatever.
3: Yeah, for sure. Um I don't know. This Latch was actually on my best of list from last year. Yeah, me too. For dance singles. I think that their video helped.
0: Yeah, and that's what Nick said too.
3: Yeah, because their video, I mean, I watched the video. When I listen to the song, (laughs) I like will go to YouTube, even though I have the MP3. Um, Because it's, you know, the ideal like, like soulful, but like also like romantic and whimsical and, you know, kids making out in the summer. It's a total love song. Yeah, it's it's one of the best for right now. I mean, it's like perfect timing for summer.
0: Uh, Here's a new song off their album. Just what I should be expecting It's funny because in England apparently like people shuffle to this music Like this is teenager music and they go to the rave and like this is what they want to hear Which is so strange and so different from the United States
3: Is that true though?
0: Yeah, absolutely And stuff that's not vocal music, stuff that's like much deeper even than this And like Tech House where nothing happens That's yeah. what they do
3: um, I kind of had an issue with everyone calling this a garage album, which is like how they're kind of like pegged as a garage act all the time. Um, there's obviously influences, but it's so much bigger than that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, this is just house music. Really. Yeah.
2: They get so much hate from the older UK generation. Yeah, that's It's what what I, really... I kind of sucks. I heard that, like,
3: also rudimental. People are really... Right on them which kind of sucks I think yeah oh, man. I think I think the
1: rudimental thing as well and I can probably count for Australia more but disclosure and rudimental are like two of my most requested acts and you're exactly right the frat boys dance to it but then I went to a festival and which art department curated and and that you know Jamie, who else was on the lineup? But you know, that deep house kind of like when nothing happens. I, I don't find it interesting, but I, I appreciate that it was just dudes filling up this tent, and it's crazy, but. Whatever, like, I'm, I'm kind of into that. However, rudimental have been around for so long and their songs are beautiful. Like, I just think they're so, like, they're such amazing hook writers. like, and they write pop songs, so I'm going to treat them as good pop songs. And it's that whole thing where people argue about maybe it's not pushing boundaries and maybe they are redoing sounds at work, worked in the early 90s or, like, whatever, but it's to a new audience and I find that exciting, like...
3: I think a lot of the reason that these, like, frat bros or whatever you want to say, um, basically the festival set are embracing these guys are because they got into EDM, like, three years ago and are now actually, like, trying to find new music. Whereas, I talked about this in a different thing that um, about music discovery, how EMI did this huge, like, statistical... Thing and they found that a lot of people who listened to EDM and bought EDM didn't know their artists' names; they just knew song names. So, like, I think that now, like, the discovery part is coming out for like this generation, and disclosure is like an easy game.
0: Yeah, rap, rap music was totally like that. I mean, as somebody who's um, a little bit older than you guys, but like in the '90s, kind of in the early '90s. Everybody liked the same shit. Everybody liked Tribe and Cypress Hill and like Dr. Dre. And there wasn't, it wasn't that discerning. It was just like whoever came out with an album that was good, it was good. And then, you know, fast forward like five years later and you're either into gangster rap or you're into like indie backpack rap or you're into like Southern rap. And like there, there became all this different stuff. So it's definitely like on a parallel uh it, it's just weird to kind of lump all of electronic music into one thing you know when we've all been experiencing it as like all, all these different things with all these people who you know may like respect each other but aren't trying to do the same shit at all you know
3: for sure mm.
1: i like the album a lot
3: yeah i think it's gonna i mean it's already one of my favorite of the year absolutely
2: yeah I think it's really strong
3: and also they're really likable mm. The brothers are really likable. I mean, I don't know if you read my thing, but the older one guy was like, I beat Howard up until he agrees with my drum pattern. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I read this interview. I was obsessed with them like really early on. And I read this interview with them. And I was I was like looking for information on them on the internet because they'd only released one EP. It was the I Love That You Know. I think it was something like that. And um, I, I got it. was a free EP. It was a free download on their Facebook fan page. I think I was like their, their thousandth fan or 900th and something fan. I was like, who are these guys? And I downloaded this EP and then I started looking for information and there was this interview with them and they're like so what are your influences and and like how did you start making music and they're like and I read it in the voice that I imagined that it was said it was like oh like we were just like playing video games and then like it broke so we started making music and then like (laughs) it was like Crazy! we just put it on MySpace, and then like someone wrote to us and gave us a record deal, and then like and they're like, "So what are your interest in, interests besides making music?" And they're like, "Nintendo, <laughs> just video games." Yeah, they're just boys. They're yeah, little they boys. Were
3: Fifteen and seventeen. Yeah. To- two or three years, you know like yeah they were
2: actually they kids. were babies yeah. just making music when they weren't playing Nintendo do you like
0: that though do you want to be their mom a little well, bit
2: that kind <laughs> of like not at all after that I was like so first it made me question like everything about my life like why don't I have this shot of inspiration like when I'm not playing Nintendo and um yeah and it, it also made me like not understand their brand as much I was like but how it doesn't make sense. But if you like, well, you learn an instrument as a kid and
1: so did like, so did I and my parents forced me to. If I grew up now and my kids, I'll probably just show them Ableton or something. You know, like I feel like that they may have done it their whole lives and it's a second nature to them yeah. now where we
2: all, yeah, family musicians. Did they and, grow up in a family musician? Yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. It's starting to make more
1: sense. And I feel like when you have that... Um, theory and when you see people like in our generation making music after DJing a while or like playing different stuff and finally switching to like digital from analog or whatever um, you kind of have to start again to a level of like some kind of level to get the creative sound you want matching your digital
2: skills but then also if
0: you're not 15 years old you you don't have 6 or 7 hours a day (laughs) to fuck around with this thing until you figure out how to do it
2: very true
1: and it's easier now than when we were fifteen. Oh
0: yeah, because now there's YouTube tutorials and you can get cracks of all the software. And do
3: you do you play house music for Nina? What is she into?
0: Oh yeah, and they'll like. This is crazy. So I'm I'm working on a um, a a beat right now that is a, a cover, um, and so I've just been like trying to you know figure out all the chords and I finally like got it done and sent it away, but. Like, Pella was... My, my two-year-old was singing the bass line. Like, that's fucking amazing to me that she can just hang around. And she was dancing, you know, like she's just jumping up and down and spinning around and all that. Uh, yeah, so they, they totally are around it and, like, soak it up. Um, but it, there's, like, a musical aptitude, I think, when you're young, you know, right, that you don't have... Right, so they're, have gonna, have, get they're gonna
3: have a leg up 10 <laughs> years totally. on the road.
0: Well, and and, uh, and also, they, they don't... Their brain is not rigid yet. Like, they're, you know... The, their neural pathways haven't completely gotten locked in so th- it, to them it's like it, it's not as much of a challenge to to think differently and like you know uh, not necessarily more creatively but j- just they're not as fixed in how they think about things yet
1: well, I learned piano from like five like my mom made me mm-hmm. and my hands I still although I can I can sight read still I couldn't I haven't touched like classical since probably for 10 years but I can still make the right shape, which is like the sometimes the hardest thing, like the balance when you play piano in my left and right hand. Yeah. And that's what I feel like happened because I started so young. Yeah. So like my hands still sit properly and I can- Yeah, it's muscle memory, can, right? Yeah, yeah, like I can invert chords in a second because I know where that, the shape is.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. No, I, I took piano <laughs> lessons for like a couple of years, uh, a few years ago. Just to just to know what I was doing with chords and all that stuff, and it it is uh, it is really hard as an adult to to. But then once you get going, you're like, oh yeah, this makes sense, and it's not you know it's not super hard, but like yeah the the every every step of the way you have to add on another thing and i think that's a lot harder for and with learning language to it that way
1: but you yeah totally but you know if you're musical you'll always be able to hear if something sounds wrong so
0: oh yeah that's the most important thing that's the yeah. most
1: important thing like you could be the smartest most mathematical person in the world but still have shit taste and have bad ears so like you know it doesn't matter if you know what tone structure a like a eleventh chord might you know it is it doesn't matter because you'll be able to hear it. There's all this theory about the, the Beatles and how um they're they're perfectly composed in chord, like in in key. And there's there's theory that said that like John and like Paul were so good that all this stuff was analyzed after it was written. It's not like they sat there and went, Alright, El Norigmy's gonna be an A minor. Mm. It's just like that's just what their ears did. Maybe it was, but that's just like a nice way to think about people that are naturally good songwriters will always just get it right.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I mean, you definitely, as a DJ, like you know how it works. Like even if you don't know how to put a name to it, that's why it's so dope to to learn music after you already know a lot of music, you know, because then it's just putting a number like to this thing that you already know and feel because you've listened to all these songs that make you feel this way like And then find
1: out how many songs are in like – c chord or like a minor and realize yeah. <laughs> that that they've, just the wh- the they've just form. played the what they've just played yeah. or they've just played the white notes yeah. the whole time <laughs> right
0: yeah, yeah. uh here, here's a really stupid song <laughs> wait. ow
3: yo 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 this your boy max big and right niggas be hating on that wave
0: Max B's in jail free Max B. Hating,
3: Cause they ain't got that Coke. Me and macaroni with the cheese gon' talk to you niggas. That moosey got me Harry Fries. Stuart, huh? Trick. I won't ask you. then what Max do let the shit me out to detach you. Backtrack two years ago. I was with niggas straight hate. Baby, I bring bringing more cake. Notable, the bull break out. Progress Hoes on a nigga bitch still. Big you make a bitch feel good? Like she bought to be really ya. It was just my mirage to get it in the loop. Get the cool the cop cars, got a drop top Bentley Niggas let her with the balls float. Thirty-five at the car, no, make like a car boat on water. Cool.
1: Did a will I am just Go sample call. Daft punk and you to got to totally like Panned?
0: Which song? I don't know.
1: I didn't listen to it, but I think everyone was just like, he's still sampling shit without people. Yeah, he. it was about, it was like when all the kind of C like the news like kind of leaked that they were doing more um, music Uh, a couple of months ago and I think didn't he sample Boys Noise like he's always been sampling like the Baltimore tracks years ago and um, maybe it was like I got it from my mama or something like that but he did it again recently and Dark Punk was just like and everyone
0: just you have to stop dude Um, yeah no he's kind of he's kind of the pit bull of uh, of the west coast which South is especially 80, which weird 80, because he can uh, write music, world. like he can write original beats, he can he can produce, like he can do all this shit himself. It's really fucking crass to like be like, okay, this is this is a hit. You know, like That's exactly I can what see it is. like if you're a rapper and like if you're Max B and Harry Fraud is like, hey, here's this cool thing that like people will hear it and, and they'll like it and you should jump on it. Like um French Montana it jumps on shit like all the time, not dance shit, but uh yeah, I, he, I feel he like jumped that's on, really uh, different because
1: was it was it he he took um keto and Ray Lee's track?
0: Who's like that?
1: two Australian girls to sample their, their decent um uh, On the Jam maybe I think the track is called. Oh, okay. And our friend in Perth, they're Perth girls originally, heard it on a mixtape that is like rap male like group and then that's when the the like he just put it out of his mixtape. They like, just yeah. did not care. Yeah. It's like this is sweet. B.
3: I'm trying to remember the song But the Daft Punk sample Was with a singer from Europe That he put out And it was only on Like it wasn't on his album But it's on YouTube Oh
0: it was like he's God. How cheap is that Like you you pay to get Will Am To do some shit And he's like Yo, yeah okay here Like here's a song that everybody already knows And you can put my name on it But like I didn't do anything at all
2: The way I saw this, um, I was watching... He's kind of a genius in that way. Oh, yeah. I was just about to say I was watching the red carpet for the Billboard Awards. Or no, I think it was the Academy Awards, actually. And it was last year. So he wasn't... It was like he kind of took some time off. He wasn't up for any awards. And they're interviewing him on the red carpet. They're like, what are you wearing? And And they're like, so what are you doing tonight? What are you looking forward to seeing? And he's like... I'm just here to, wa- to see gaps. I'm here to look at what you guys are looking at and we're here to find a gap and I'm here to make money off it. Like he's, the, his interview was so like watching it, I was like, well, at least he said it. Like yeah. he's literally there to go, okay, this is what's going on. There's no this person making this kind of music. So I'll do that next year and I'll, you know, hit that spot.
0: Yeah, it's kind of what Daft Punk did, but with, with with them, I don't think it was a, a money-making idea at all. I think mm. it was just reactionary. Mm. Uh, he's
2: literally just a cultural, uh, like a cultural box, box ticker. Like yeah. he's sort of oh, like yeah. looking at it and being like, okay, I'm going to sit there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Here, here's a, here's a, a beat by the bingo players, but we're going to take the chorus from a song by the cars that's mm. in the same key that everybody you know, remembers from 20 years ago, bring that back around, boom, we'll rap on it and dance and make millions. Mm. Uh, Genius. It, this is funny. Yeah. This song is funny to me on the subject of rappers and dance music.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Motivation, fornication, beat it up, altercation, only low. Oh man, it's two changes on the original. Bubble oh, oh, oh yo, bad baby. Yeah, that's on the Like it's already good, good, but I stayed up I play high and see, yeah, yeah, really every day. I smoke a hundred papers, ESPN, like a span. I'm not P.D.F.D., but I can damn show. Sure make
3: a band. Oh, oh. shake that ass. Dance, Whatever, two chains should be on everything. Shots, I'm not mad Bingo players are
0: kind of funny come because they can make on, really good music on, it, and they make like, on, like on, big cheesy hits on, too. Like, it, yeah. it, it'd be awesome to to have that ability. You know, <laughs> to be able to make really big shitty songs and also like
1: They tour Australia like every 3 months. Oh, I'm sure. Like,
2: they're just living it. They're just doing it. Yeah. I have such an appreciation for people that make good cheesy music though like it's a skill and I like I'm all for it if it's still good and it's like it's commercially viable like commercially viable is not not a dirty word and I'll be the not the like the last person to call someone out on being successful it's just about making it smart
1: me and Anna and a few of the other girls are talking about Rita Ora and we were just saying how like I get it she's cute she's fashionable but her songs suck like
0: terrible they're
1: so bad I have so much time for Gaga, like in in that vein. I've like Gaga, Katy Perry, like you know, all those other women in music that generally make good poppies. So Rita Orr's songs like are terrible. Like not even guilty pleasure good.
0: I mean what's great about something like this is it, it sounds so effortless, right? Like it, this seems like something that it could just like do super easily. But you have to do hundreds of these until you do one that, like, is this, like, easy of a hook and, like, this much of an earworm. The
2: instrumental or this version of his song?
0: The instrumental. Okay,
2: yeah. Have you guys
3: heard um, the new Benga album? No. Which he has turned into, well, he wants it to be a pop album. Benga. Benga. Um, Because of, I'm guessing, the success of KDB? Maybe. It's horrible. Oh, no. It's It made me
2: sad. The I, 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 community must be going crazy. Scream's playing disco. bangers, making a pop album. It must be freaking. Yeah, it's What another horrible. Magnetic Man album. Yeah, yeah seriously.
0: Uh, it, uh, that That's just bizarre. Oh, wait. No, I
1: have heard it. It yeah. sucks. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah, no. It, Welcome the, back, Nina Las they Vegas. Kept, um, <laughs> they kept sending it to me, and it's the cheesiest shit out. And, and, like, uh, even I get working with a, a girl vocal. I just got the single, and then the rep, the rep kept sending it to me, and I'm like, okay, well, I'll listen to it. And There's a
3: song with um, Charlie XEX.
1: Yeah, I'm all for her. So I, I vibe. Can- she's on her. great. I adore yeah, her. Yeah,
2: she's awesome. Uh. Choose one.
3: You need to choose one that can only be one of us. So somebody's gotta die for us tonight. First you're in, then you're out. Baby, baby, tell me what's it all about. But
2: well, what I think the crime is here is if you decided to make a really commercial record and it just kind of was crap commercial and not patchy and kind of awesome commercial like we were talking about before.
3: Well, yeah. was that song awesome commercial or crappy commercial? Oh, terrible. Right. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't know why Katie B isn't on the album. That seems kind of strange.
0: Yeah, I don't know either. Her, her new song is fucking unreal.
2: I thought that... Ha-
0: oh. Go ahead.
2: I was just going to say that, so I'm a bit confused with it, like in a really subtle way of the production of, the, of it. It was like, from memory, I only listened to it once, but I was like, who produced this and is it Deep House? Are they trying to do a house thing? And if so, why is the kick drum so big? I don't know. I was just a bit confused. No, it's by sort the of halfway to like
0: Calvin Harris.
2: Yeah, it's like, it was It was not quite... I mean, I thought, why didn't they just nail, like go into this place with it? Instead, it was like the kick drum was really electro yeah. style. And then, I, I mean, I'm just going off the one listen that I had. So Do maybe. you know
3: who produced... I know that Genus is the... Executive producer. I mean, of I her don't her think album. that was
2: a. I mean, if that was a genius built beat, I'd be really surprised. It's yeah. possible, but I hope I'm not remembering incorrectly.
1: She's managed by Teamwork now,
2: mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So that's like the whole. Okay.
0: So no, for our listeners who don't know what that is, can you explain?
1: Uh, she's managed by the machine that is Major Lazer, Mad Decent, a track oh, right. Kevin, Ke- Yeah, Teamwork.
0: Your yeah. Kevin Katsatus.
1: Well, she was on their website like a month ago. I
0: see your soul. Well, no, and also her EP, that her like free EP that came out was in all January. Major laser tracks, right? yeah, this is a great oh, song. It, th- there was a there was a, the diplo thing and there was oh, a yeah, it, thing. Yeah, there was it's a lot closer to that world than, than she was. before. I, she really fucking goes in on this though. Like she's her, her, her vocal is incredible. Sound, but this is a lot sort of less restrained and like it, it doesn't have that like kind of a little bit gawky charm that the old stuff is. This is, to me, like powerful R&B vocals.
1: You take out the synth, like, stabs in it. Behind and,
0: her? Yeah, yeah and, right. and
1: it's a disclosure
0: track. Oh, oh, I see, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, the synth, that's the synth is, the, is what yeah, made that's me think what it of makes, Calvin Harris. It.
1: But she, um, we did a remix for her, um, Anna, me, and Ezzy, and... We just sat there obsessed with her vocals. Like I've never heard nicer, like raw vocals and live. She's so she must be classically trained. Like she's one of the best singers live I've ever seen. She went to
3: that um, arts and music I don't central. The, the, I think it's the, the famous one that like Amy Winehouse and Adele went to. What's the one in the UK and like the XX went to? Yeah, yeah, I know what it is. I can't of yeah. the name.
2: Like, this sounds so... I don't know. I just guess there would be, like, more... I don't know. It feels weird to me.
0: But I get why they made it like this.
2: Yeah.
0: Earnshaw School? Does that oh. sound right? Earnshaw School? Oh, Brit School.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. yeah. The Brit School of the Arts. Or yeah. yeah. Katie P, Adele, Amy Winehouse, Jesse J, Rihanna. Uh, should we play the Australian national anthem again? <laughs> this this the, the dream album uh, just came out. This song's so crazy.
2: my stance on dream which is not very popular which is that what so nina watch i sent you an email the other day nina has a, cl- a dream song that she's been playing for 10 billion years and it's called hit that is it ditch that right? ditch that ditch that. Yeah. ditch that yeah that sounds awesome and it's a great song and nina we for some reason oh nina put it in a mix just like a, m- a month ago and i was I, my comment on her mix was ditch that forever or something like yeah. this and Nina wrote me a message saying Lola you're coming on my SoundCloud and I was like it's still the only dream song I've ever liked really? oh no I know Anna oh no I said it's still the only dream song that I've ever liked besides that one about the car
0: (laughs) yeah no no, yeah oh man he has Nikki and he has three just unreal yeah Nikki is crazy he has three great albums Nikki is the best
1: but I haven't given the new one a good listen. Um, our friend Raj has rearranged the order. Have you, are you yeah, friends with him on that. Facebook? But he, he rearranged the order for listening pleasure. So I'm going to download it and listen to it. However, a lot of friends don't love it as much as they did the Terrius Nash album. Oh, man, that was awful. You thought that was awful? Yeah, I, I didn't like that as much It was higher. a nice, for me, it was like a bedtime
3: album. Oh, my God. I, I, felt, actually, I felt pain. Also, on Twitter at the time, he was talking about how he was going to sleep with his bottle of tequila and, like, (laughs) cheating at his ex-wife, just being like, I'm sorry, like, love me again.
1: It was a rough time. I had to unfollow him on Twitter. He's the worst. Me too. I definitely unfollowed him. I saw him at wireless last year, like this time last year. He played for like 18 minutes. And I thought I was totally, totally jipped. Like I I thought it was a mistake. And then I looked at the schedule. He was only programmed for 20 minutes.
0: Yeah, no, he plays short shows. Lots of
3: energy and it was cool. Full band.
0: His, His dancers are really good too.
3: Oh my God, his dancers, the last time I saw him, or two times ago, were wearing knee pads and elbow pads. Right. Because they had to drop. So
0: frequently. Yeah, girls. They're all girls. Yeah. Uh, really yeah. attractive women. Video girls. Um, yeah, that shit is unreal. Yeah, he does. He does a really short show, and he doesn't do the falsetto very much. Um, I mean, his his vocals in general, like recorded, there will be like three levels of harmonies, like they're really stacked and really produced. I think he just you can he, hear it now. So it's you like can hear it
2: now. Totally hear the stacked harmony.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and you can't do that live. You know, he would need. Backup singers, and even with that, like, you know, his big—he had a big song called Falsetto right? Where like, he, but he—he do, he does that like second to last in his set because it sounds like he's gonna blow his voice out if he does much more than 20 minutes.
2: So this is pretty—he doesn't produce himself. He has a producer. Well, like obviously he co-produces and co-writes. Yeah,
0: this he do, this he produced. This new album he produced before he didn't. Like he co-produced some of it but yeah it it's lacking for that reason uh so uh let's let's talk a little bit about like where people can find you online and what you have coming up and all that shit, and then we'll wrap up soon.
3: Oh, um, I guess you can find me online on Twitter at sonari s e n a r i or just YouTube the song <laughs> there's a link. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you can just find me on Facebook at uh, facebook.com Nima Las Vegas and then everything's just Nima Las Vegas. Forward slash Nima Las Vegas. And triplej.net.au for my shows.
2: And... <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, is that there's not one ounce of Australian blood running through my veins. I'm completely
0: immigrant person. Well, um, no, I'm pretty sure that Pooch is not Indian either.
2: <laughs> um, you can Please find... <laughs> Um, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook and everything forward slash Anna Luno and
0: that's L U N O E and everybody buy the t-shirts cause they're good. <laughs> um, and your husband makes them.
2: Yeah. And Nina's oh, he doesn't, he doesn't design Nina's, but he makes Nina's as well. Yeah.
1: I should have brought you guys some. Yeah, that's
0: we so
2: should have brought some. I had,
1: I have them here. Do you want to pick them up from my Airbnb? You can't come
0: in tomorrow. God damn it, Las Vegas. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll talk to you shortly. Brooklyn Radio. Brooklyn (laughs) Radio. Fucking Brooklyn Radio.